0: Hey everyone, welcome to footyology final siren after the big Friday night game down at GMHBA Stadium, Geelong and Essendon. The Bombers playing for premiership points down there for the first time since 1993. And I think in retrospect, probably pretty happy that that's been the case. It is a phenomenal advantage the Cats uh, enjoy down there and nothing unfair about it. They play the ground beautifully. And after a slow start tonight, they did exactly that once again. Another superb uh, performance across the board, uh, up forward and uh, mostly, I think, in defence and the midfield. They were, uh, they are a great side, and they proved it once again. Essendon is a good test for the Don's. They pulled up short. Uh, we're here to chat about both those teams, how they went, their prospects for the rest of the season, and anything else you want to put on the agenda, because that's what this show is about. Footyology Final Siren is here for you. We take your questions, your comments, your observations. And by we, I mean myself and my co-host,
1: Mark Fine. What did you make of the Cats tonight, Finey? I've got to say, when Essendon bound out to a four-goal to nil advantage on the back of Geelong's pretty poor performance against Brisbane, I was beginning to question whether or not uh, the fix was in in terms of Geelong's ability to turn things around. But very important goal just towards the end or at the end of the first quarter by Jeremy Cameron after a sustained argument with the umpire about where he should start the kick from. That was interesting viewing. They were great. Cameron was fantastic till he went off with that hamstring injury. Three goals and really could have had a fourth except the free kick was given to Tui and not a mark to himself. He would have dropped that, no worries. Exit Cameron Enter Tom Hawkins, game over for Essendon. Unfortunately, you know, look, they've, they've been good, and we know that that midfield held now by Parish. At uh, Parish, yeah, you combine Merritt and Parish, and you get Parish, and they did certainly, perish a bit. He certainly hasn't perished. <laughs> no, he's 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 flourishing. But two, it's just not enough, is it, to have two midfielders as good as both of them have been in recent weeks and I guess some of the youth in Essendon's side is starting to feel the length of a full season at the top level. They're wonderful players but they are young and it's starting to show a little bit. What do you reckon? Uh, yeah I agree we'll
0: uh, we'll talk about that in some detail. There's a, a number of reasons for that I think um, but uh, well, I've got to say with my Essendon supporters hat on I'm really chuffed about how this season's gone. Uh, obviously, I would have liked a better result tonight, but I think that's about where they, they're at. Um, I also think, you know, probably underlines this result, the gap between the top eight teams and the rest. Um, Richmond's stunning <laughs> loss last night uh, aside. Uh, I think, I still think there is a, a considerable gap between the top eight and the rest. Anyway... All that uh, we'll talk about. Anything you'd like to talk about. Get your questions in. They're coming through now. Uh, Whilst you're firing through a few more, we will have a look at the details. Quarter by quarter scores first. And as Finey said before, great start by the Bombers. They kicked the first four goals of this game. And in retrospect, a a pretty crucial goal right on that quarter time, siren by Cameron um, after a uh, deliberate, in fact, the umpire actually called deliberate, didn't call insufficient intent against Jordan Ridley. I thought that one was a bit questionable, actually, but uh, Cameron just doesn't miss those. He's, uh, there is bread and butter, and he converted it, gave the Cats a bit of momentum going into the break, and then they just took over after that stunning second term. Eight goals, two to one goal, one, gave them a very handy 24-point lead at halftime. Uh, pretty even Stevens. In the third term, Essendon kicking the first two goals actually to get back within a couple of goals. But then Geelong really controlling play again and finishing off with a couple of goals to restore that four-goal advantage or 21 points at the final change. And then they just basically went into cruise control, kept Essendon at bay, slowed the game down. And uh, as the resistance weakened, cashed in towards the end uh, eventually scoring a 41-point win. 15-8, 98 the Cats to the Bombers. Eight goals, 9-57. The goal kickers, well. One man stood supreme, not for the first time. Tom Hawkins, outstanding game from him with six goals. Jeremy Cameron, as Finey said, three goals early before he had to come off with that hamstring injury. And uh, for anyone who's been following this game on Twitter, I did tweet, sarcastically, could anyone update me on Jeremy Cameron? Because it was all the Channel 7 commentary crew seemed to talk about for about 15 minutes. Unfortunately, Twitter being what it is, a lot of people, including apparently Brian Taylor, didn't pick up on that sarcasm. So I then clarified that. Lesson number one, don't attempt sarcasm on social media. Uh, But Cameron injured, uh, didn't seem to throw the cats out with their scoring capability at all. So Hawkins 6, Cameron 3, Myers 2, singles to Tui, Dangerfield, Rowan and Smith. A soccer effort from Isaac Smith. here went about 30 metres. For the Bombers, uh, three goals to Jake Stringer. They're probably their only forward of any consequence tonight. McDonald, Tip and Woody 2 and singles to Jones, Merrick and Parrish. Fantastic snap by Darcy Parrish over his shoulder, He ended up with 43 disposals tonight, Parrish. Second uh, 40-plus game for him. And I think now the holder of uh, Essendon's two highest possession tallies in the club's history. 36 touches to Merritt. Heppel, 25. Stringer, 25. Will Snelling, 24. Decent in midfield for the Cats. 38 to Patrick Dangerfield. He was terrific all night. 30 to Atkins, uh, playing that rebound role off halfback. 28 to Selwood. Better game from him this evening. Zach Toohey, terrific in defence, 26, 25 each to Isaac Smith. And another rebound defender, Tom Stewart. What a class act. He is the best as voted by Mark Fine. He's gone with Dangerfield, BOG, followed by Stewart, Hawkins with six goals, Smith, Tui, and Selwood. So the senior players really standing up there for the Cats and for Essendon. Parrish. Uh, winning, of course, the medal in the country game between the Cats and the Bombers. Merritt, Stringer, Ridley, Snelling and Heppel. So a couple of defenders there for the Bombers as well. Let's zip through a few questions and then we'll dive into some more topics in detail. Uh, Jan Lazinski Le- says, where is Essendon at? Can they make the eight? If they do, will we bomb out first week again? I might pick this one up for any and then you have a crack. Um, look, I, I think they're, they're certainly well ahead of where I thought they'd be this year. I, I thought they would be a genuine bottom four team, struggle to win more than half a dozen games. Uh, look, who knows what the last um, six or so games will bring, but I think the gains have been considerable. They've, they've had really great development uh, into kids, who, all of whom look like real long-term pros, uh, prospects none of whom, unfortunately, tonight were a factor at all. But, you know, that's the price youngsters pay in a long season. So Jones, Perkins, Cox are the main ones I'm talking about there. Hind has been a fantastic pickup. But look, tonight underlined for me, and last week did too, actually, against Melbourne, that they are still short of the mark. And in specific areas, I think number one area for me now is the forward setup. I mean, Kale Hooker... You know, look, he's had a great season. He's managed to to kick multiple goals s- several times and, and been a pretty good player for them. But he is clearly on his last legs, I think, as a uh, an AFL player. I, You know, we'd be lucky to get more than one or two seasons out of him at, at most. Really struggled tonight. Mobility is his issue. Jones did what tends to happen to young players this stage of a season. He looks a bit tired, uh, struggled with the wet, um, but he's, he's been a good contributor as well. But they really just don't have enough targets up there. And also, I think the midfield, as prolific as it's been, um, the lack of physical strength in that mid- midfield group is telling, not so much in terms of clearances or contester possession, in which Hessner did really well tonight. They, uh, look, they lost the clearance count uh, pretty decisively. But contested possession was basically even. Geelong won that count by one. And interestingly, the Cats ranked number one in that stat on the differentials and Essendon's second last. So it was a good contested ball effort tonight. But when that physical pressure from opponents is applied, I think their delivery forward really struggles. And that was the big turnaround of this game for me. Geelong just applied a bit more heat. They didn't look quite focused enough in that first quarter. When they applied that heat, Essendon just went with this haphazard delivery inside 50 for a second week in a row Last week you had May and Lever picking it off. This week you had Tui, Stewart, um, Henry, probably Henderson. You know, I've probably missed someone there. But uh, just a really haphazard delivery. And the proof of the pudding there is the inside 50 count, which Essendon won by 17, 62 to 45 in a 41-point loss. Now, that to me says that that is the big area the Bombers really need to get a bit of stability and uh, find some consistent
1: marking key targets. What do you think, fine Yeah, look, I think for Essendon, the spirit is willing. In fact, I'll go as far as to say the spirit is magnificent. I agree, if I was an Essendon supporter, I would be very proud of how the team has performed. But in the end, the availability of players and also the length of season for the youngsters is beginning to tell, I believe. Look... That side has performed admirably, and you've got to understand that without McGrath and Shield, we are talking about a far diminished midfield. You talk about a lack of lack of physicality. Look, Parrish and Merritt haven't they been outstanding? But Just they're not quickly there too. Sorry, yep. don't
0: forget Caldwell, who was pretty good in I think only the two games he played for him. But he is another one they've brought in to be a long-term part of that mix,
1: and add to the physical nature of the midfield because he's a big-bodied midfielder. So. You can't question the output of Parish and Merritt, but they're little fellas by comparison to the midfielders going around today in the competition. Makes it tough, makes the remainder of the season difficult because as we pointed out, the youngsters, Cox, Jones, they've been fantastic, haven't they? You can't ask for much more. But uh, well, I, I think I think we, we are asking for more. Yeah, and I think that's as much out of necessity.
0: I mean, I had a look at Essendon's uh, injury list before. Sorry, I thought I had it up there, but I don't. Um, but it's it's lengthy. And I think Nick Cox has been struggling for at least the last three games. Yep. And, uh, look, he was supposed to be spelled a few weeks back but ended up coming in as a late inclusion. So uh, I think if they had available bodies, you know, guys of a similar sort of uh, dimensional position – Um, he would have had a spell, but they haven't been able to spell it. Ditto for Jones. I think Perkins probably in that boat as well. Um, And this has been a bit of an issue. I mean, it is an issue in one sense, although the the realist part of me thinks, look, you want to give these guys as much game time as you can. Okay, they're struggling. Well, they're going to have to sort of grit their teeth and struggle through. Essendon needs to be prepared to accept some of these guys aren't going to be big contributors whilst they're in this sort of physical condition. But that's okay. I've, I actually think it would be a mistake for Essendon to sacrifice the development of some of these young players just to say, look, let's, you know, let's really scrape into the eight. Because Essendon's been doing that for 20 years, ritually getting thrashed in elimination finals and going nowhere. It's far more important, in my view, to be getting games and game time into these guys than to throw everything at a token finals appearance. You know, look, eight teams out of 18, nearly half the competition plays finals. It's not the feather in the cap it used to be. I think that's a mistake Essendon has made several times in the past of limping into the top eight, playing a final and going, oh, we were a final side. Well, so what? You know, unless you're playing off in the last couple of
1: weeks of the season, you haven't really accomplished that much. Good point. I'm going to be a little bit harsh, but there are certain players on every list, I think, when you see that they're in the team, you understand that there is a dearth of available selections. And Tom Cutler, in the starting 22, Mm. tells me that there's a lot of blokes out at Essendon. Yeah, no, fair call. I,
0: I, I was quite surprised to see him selected, actually. I mean, obviously, for a particular job and his VFL form, you know, uh, has been okay. But, uh, yeah, look, he's he struggled at the level, certainly in his Essendon, guys, he's struggled. So, uh, look, you know, there's some more talented kids there ready to come in, but a lot of them have had sort of stop-start, interrupted preparation. So I'm sure if there was the opportunity to play them and get a realistic return, um,
1: uh, Essendon would be doing that. Anyway, let's move oh, on. Just on that. that, last night that happened to me in the Richmond Gold Coast game, when Richmond had a player that I didn't know was on the list anymore. Who's that? Dow. Oh, Thompson Dow, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, thought, I didn't realise he was still there. But he bobbed up as the medical sub. There you go. Yeah, well, it might give you an idea the
0: extent to uh, which their injury list has taken a toll as well. David yeah. Haley says, great win by along tonight. Damn freezing at the ground, in the cab on the way home. Danger back to his best with 38 possessions. Uh, he certainly was. And um, I saw Zach Tui interviewed on Fox Footy just after the game and he made the point quite rightly. I mean, you know, Danger's had, what, three? He'd had three games back, I think. Yep. Been relatively quiet in all of them. Uh, is that all it takes for a guy once he's past 30 for people to start writing obituaries? I'm not saying people were doing that, but, you know, like he said, his coach said, I think the fitness people said, you know, it will take him a while to recapture yeah. his best. Um fortunately yeah, exactly. Geelong has the depth to be able to uh, not not even carry him because even a poor danger field's probably better than the best of someone else. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a it was a pretty salient reminder of of just what he has to offer that side, and um, yeah, uh, ominous warning, I guess, to other midfields in the competition.
1: Rowan, uh, I've got to ask you this. Yeah. At quarter time, particularly in the second half of the first quarter, he was running around getting the ball unattended and carefree. And I thought to myself, they cannot keep on doing this. And he's not the sort of player you're just allowed to waltz around the field. Now, yes, at quarter time, the score was 4-2 to 1-1, and it read well on the scoreboard for Essendon. Were you concerned at all that he was an, an unattended midfielder? I'm not,
0: I'm not sure Essendon has an obvious sort of tagging option to play on on the best midfielders. I mean, we see a lot less of it now generally, don't we? I guess coaches are more inclined to sort of back their midfield to out-possess or out-damage the opposition. Look, if Essendon had Shield and, and uh, Caldwell and uh, who's the other obvious one? Oh, McGrath. McGrath. You know, if they were in the, you, you might find a guy like Snelling thrown that task, or um, Dylan Clark was a guy that was doing it for him a couple of seasons ago. But I'm not sure Essendon, where Essendon is, I'm not sure that tagging necessarily needs to be a high priority. It's sort of taking up a role that someone else could be playing in a more positive sense to, you know, focus firmly on the future, which, you know, to their credit, I think they've done. This, you know, you want to know the big difference between Essendon's man management this year as opposed to previous years. They've thrown off the conservatism this year. It's been really heartening to see the amount of games that the younger guys on that list have, have been given. And and hats off to Ben Rutton for having that courage to do that and have the faith in them, even after a few quiet ones, to give them consistency and continuity. And that's something that the likes of... Kyle Langford, for one, probably Darcy Parish in terms of where he was played. Jaden Laverde were never offered previously. So they've got that stability now, and I think that's a real positive for them. Um, let's talk about the Cats here. Now, David Haley, again, uh, no, trap from End actually. We'll, we'll get to you, trap. We know you only want to talk about Richmond, so we'll get to that. But just let's uh, concentrate on this game. A little bit, uh, trying to find one about the
1: cats. Well, Rowan, Uh, just while you're doing that, while you're looking, you know that there is a player out there tonight, or was a player out there tonight for Essendon that was a pretty good run with player at his previous club. I don't know who you're talking about, Tom Cutler. Yeah, well, (laughs) but why wouldn't you? You know, he's the right size, and that he actually, towards the end of his time at Brisbane, filled that role. I'm surprised you wouldn't use him that way. I can't see how
0: else you'd use him. Oh, fair enough. Um, Johnson von Trapp, our mate from New York, Andrew Burt, says, how does Tom Hawkins with six goals not win the BOG medal? They won by 41 points. Well, Johnson, um, only had him as Geelong's third best. So explain that one, Finney. Well, didn't have a
1: possession for the first 40 minutes, did he? Uh, no. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, he didn't. Didn't touch the ball in the first quarter. Okay. Um, he was great. Look, he was fantastic. Third and fourth, third or fourth best on ground for mine. But the combination of him and Cameron, now there's your best on ground because virtually as Cameron exited stage left, so into Tom Hawkins, uh, they played like the one spearhead and were magnificent. But it did take Tom a little while to get going. Uh, John O says, "Kaneshan
0: and schedule its home game against Geelong next year at Windy Hill." Just <laughs> that's good. I like that. It's been a long time. It's thirty years this year actually since they last played at Windy Hill. Oh look, I, I haven't got any issues with you know Geelong's got a pronounced home ground advantage. In fact, what's the record now? It's ninety. Hang on, it was ninety-seven. Yeah, it's now ninety-eight out of hundred and nine. Um, uh, it
1: doesn't. It doesn't matter, Rowan. I saw the stat come up last night. The that? Gold Coast, in their entire existence, had won 21 games and lost 124 games on the road. But it just <laughs> didn't seem to bother them last night. No, they were they were very impressive. All right, we'll see. You know we'll... the problem with that stat.
0: What? Technically,
1: that wasn't an away game. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. <no>, true. <laughs> <laughs> true. This listeners. the home side. Uh, seeing you bring up that game, well, uh, Trout's uh, firing through the questions. Uh, his first one, as tough as it's been in recent weeks, we, being Richmond, are still a chance to make the top eight. Long way to go still. Well, I, I think they, I'm very confident they'll make the top eight, Trout. And then let's wait and see. I mean, I, I did concede, you'll be pleased to know, Finding, I did concede on Twitter last night that it was now going to be pretty tough for him to win the flag, but, but I still think they'll make the eight. And look, if they, you know, get most of these players back and they're in decent form in the last, you know, two or three weeks leading into the finals, you, you wouldn't want to play them. Like, I mean, they will be a, you know, I know we say, seem to say this about a side every year, but they will be the proverbial Finals wildcard working in the bottom half of the uh, of the eight. No side would want to play them just because of the you know the danger that it might quick again for.
1: Rowan, that's true. I've worked out something last night. You cannot possibly expect them to win a game with it, with troll in the ruck. Yeah, he's struggling. Oh, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be harsh. He was just moved around. He was moved around like a witch's hat. I'm sorry. They, no, no, they need Nankervis out there, and then they've got to start rebuilding from that point on. But you can't play—you can't play full games of footy without Ruckman. You just can't. Well, the other one, uh, of course, is Soldo, and
0: he—he's out for the year, though, isn't he? Yeah, Soldo. yeah, yeah. Uh, Coleman Jones just seems to have plateaued a bit too after a pretty. Yep. Decent start from him. But no, you're right about Chole. And I was thinking, you know, like, I don't know, if, I don't know if it's a bit unfair to say he's gone backwards, but he certainly hasn't progressed any further than the form he showed last year, which I thought was pretty encouraging. So you know, it's not easy being a big young uh, right. player who's been moved around a fair bit, too. He's been asked to play up forward at stages and then take the ruck. Uh, the best ruckman in the side, they haven't used for the last two weeks. Oh, I know you're going to say Marlon Pickett. Clearly, <laughs> he's very good. Yeah. Well, try, try putting him in the ruck for four quarters against Max Gordon and see how he is in the last quarter. <laughs> that's, uh, that's that that
1: reminds me of when Essendon went to Adelaide for the final and put Lovett Murray in the ruck.
0: Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure Nathan Lovett Murray remembers that pretty not fondly <laughs> as well. Uh, Tim Hooper says, Dowhouse the Mitch Marsh, good around the boys selection. Not sure he offers much these days. Finey. Well,
1: we've observed that during the year, and then three weeks ago saw him play an excellent game of football. He didn't get a kick, I think, last week. But he stays in the team, and if they don't drop him when they lose, I doubt they're going to drop him when they win. Oh, by the way, you'd be pleased. Didn't Maxie Holmes show a little bit when he came on? He's a bit of a ball magnet. Um, yeah, he was good.
0: <laughs> I've got a, I've got a, Sorry, a bit of self-indulgence here for those that don't know. I've known Max Holmes, good East Melbourne boy, I've known Max since he was a little kid, went to school with my son David, used to watch him kicking the footy in the front yard and Dave and I were sitting here watching it tonight, he got that shot for goal (laughs) and I turned around to Dave and I said what do we do here because we sort of wanted him to kick it, he hasn't kicked one yet and uh, we didn't want him to kick it because it was against our side and he missed. Um, but, yeah, look, he'll, he'll get more opportunities. Um, you know, he's been used pretty sparingly so far, but he certainly has no issue winning amount of the footy. He's got great athletic ability, and that's probably his number one asset. And, um, you know, as, as it's Geelong side. They're no spring chickens, so who knows? You know, if he hangs in there, he might end up playing finals in his first year of AFL footy, which would be outstanding.
1: Yeah, he's clearly um, on the
0: radar. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Uh, let's try another one. We've got the same three people firing all the questions. Uh, Michael says, not a game Cox or Jones would cut out for, nor did they play well, but they'll learn from the best. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what the point I was making before. You can argue so-and-so looks tired, needs a spell. And, you know, I accept that entirely because you don't want to risk them getting injured from sort of overuse injuries. But at the same time, if they're good enough to be out there, I would be putting as a priority their development as players and experience ahead of Essendon limping into the top eight and getting kicked in the arse and going straight out again because, like I said, uh, Bombers have had a
1: fair bit of that over the past couple of decades and it serves very little purpose. Yeah, I'd say in that last quarter, there was a moment there where Jones half-heartedly went for the ball and I was sort of thinking, really? But while I was running that thought through my mind, not half a minute later, he did take a good contested mark. So he did get back on the pony, as it were. But I don't know if you know the incident I'm talking about, but it looked a bit timid.
0: Uh, yeah, okay. Here's another one from Chris Manuel. What do you think about waving Zerk Thatcher out against Geelong's strong marking forward line? I was a bit surprised to see him omitted. I, I thought last week he was pretty, you know, given the other... Uh, in the context of the other games he's played, I thought he showed as much last week as he had any other game. And structurally, uh, yeah. Although, um, well, what, what were the matchups uh, initially? They had Laverde playing on. Was it Cameron or Hawkins? Not been
1: Hawkins actually. Hawkins.
0: Stuart yeah. La- on Laverde on Hawkins. They had Ridley on Rowan. Um, Stewart on Cameron. And Stewart on Cameron. So, yeah, Stewart got chopped up. Um, yep. But, you know, I mean, you got those three. Uh, Laverde did okay, I think. You know, if, uh, another tall might have made them a bit top-heavy, particularly in the conditions we had down there tonight. And they were tough conditions. I mean, very, very greasy, wasn't it? Uh, anyone want to talk? Uh, I'm just going just to uh, slide down the questions here. surprised we haven't got more about the commentary tonight, to be honest, because... I held off from tweeting this, but I had a tweet ready to go basically along the lines of someone in Channel 7's production department has had a word to BT to be more theatrical this evening because on the scale of BT annoyance factor, uh, that one ranked pretty high tonight. How do you find
1: it? It's funny, when your own team is playing, he does maybe amp up in your own mind. Yeah, I thought he was... The old bee in the bonnet was buzzing loudly tonight, wasn't it? But he did make a good point about that first goal kicked by Cameron. What was that umpire on about? And I'm glad that they... What was good TV was then they mic'd up the conversation between Cameron and the umpire afterwards. And his explanation was pathetic. Now, now you've got to be on the mark because it's near the end of the quarter and if the siren goes... What do you mean if the siren goes? He doesn't know when the siren's gonna go. That was absolute piffle, what the umpire was saying. If you take a mark, you can go on a worse angle. You just can't go on a better angle. Um, but just a
0: quick follow-up on Max Holmes, who uh, Leroy Jones points out, and yeah, this got on my wick too, except it was I think it was Hamish McLaughlin, they were calling him Holmes, not Holmes. Yeah. yeah. You know why? Because it's Abby. Holmes. I know that because I worked with Abby on the Margrove Footy Show. Let me tell you, uh, I can absolutely assure anyone caring to listen, the pronunciation of Max's name is Holmes. That's how they pronounce it. That's how he pronounces it. So uh, it'd be good if Hamish got with the program on that one. Uh, Sherlock, says Damon, our producer. That's his nickname. It's good work from you, Damon. the uh, comedy returns come along pretty well. Uh, Matthew Price asks, how would you assess the Isaac Smith trade now? Finey? Oh, good. Really good. He's going great for Geelong, isn't he? Well, what, what was the trade? I'm just trying to remember. Oh, not much. What did they give up for him? Actually, Damon, maybe you can... It'll be token.
1: Up. Yeah, I think it was pretty cheap chips, wasn't it? Um, yeah, but it's all know. about the trade. It's It's... It don't always just look at the trade because of course there are always going to be value for older players. It's how much you're paying that player. So, yeah, so, so we've just been um, told he got they got yeah. it for free. Unrestricted, unrestricted free agent. Free and so it's not comp- about the trade. Well, hang on, the compensation yep. for him. Oh, third audience. round pick for Hawthorne. That's yeah. but that's not Geelong's payment. So it's not what sometimes the trade is all about or how you get a player in the club. It's what you have to put. Aside from your salary cap, whether it's worthwhile to put an older player on there, they would have had to offer him some dollars to lure him. Whatever that is, what would he be on? Three to four hundred a year? It's good value because he's been fantastic. But, like at the same time, Hawthorne, let's take Hawthorne for example, they were sort of beating their chest, or their supporters at least, were beating their chest about being able to pick up the likes of Patton and Scully for next to nothing from GWS. That's not the point. They actually had to put them on good money to get them to Hawthorne, and those, those both backfired terribly. So it's in, you've got to have- in, in, in fairness to
0: Hawthorne, they're about the first trade-ins they've had that have yeah. backfired
1: oh, spectacularly. Hawthorne's been spectacular previously in getting good value deals for players and converting that into big results. Wait till they run out on the weekend and you can celebrate Sean Burgoyne as the pin-up boy of that. So, you know, you've got to have a look at the whole deal and the whole deal has been very good in terms of Smith, outstanding in terms of Cameron and probably not as good in terms of Higgins, I'd say.
0: All right. Um, here's a good one from Joey Kazuna just come in. Do you think the Cats' biggest Achilles heels leg speed of the opposition, i.e. Brisbane last week, Essendon in the first quarter, which will be the big reason they'll once again bomb out of the finals. Well, I mean, it's one of the reasons they got Isaac Smith, isn't it? I I don't think it's – I still think it's potentially an issue. I don't think it's as big an issue as it was because I think the development of the likes of Narkel and Parfit has helped them in that regard. And I think, again – sorry, I'm not just pushing his case here – but if Max Holmes ends up getting plenty of games, he could really make a difference in that regard as well. You've also got them using um, a guy like Atkins, you know, off half back. Myers isn't slow. Uh, Dowhouse, whilst he's there, he's not slow. You know, so I think they've improved the leg speed factor. But leg speed also, I mean, the brand of games along plays, you know, very possession-based. They like to control the tempo of a game. It sort of reduces the significance of the leg speed factor. When it does become significant against them, is when the opposition takes control of the tempo and controls the game. I guess Geelong backs its uh, its fundamental strengths to allow them to control that tempo. And we've seen that, haven't we? When they control how the game is played, they invariably win. Last week, Brisbane wrested that control away from them by exerting a lot of pressure. And you know what? Essendon tonight... I don't think this Essendon, where it's at now, could have done a lot more to also do what Brisbane did. As I said, the contested ball count, equal. Uh, they lost the clearances. The tackle count, Essendon won by 14. Um, inside 50 count, they won handsomely. You know, like all those sort of uh, disposal count, Essendon, actually Geelong ended up winning that, so Geelong did rest control away. But... Um, the one that really struck me was that contested ball stat because it's basically finished up level and uh, the Cats are by some margin number one in that stat on the differentials and Essendon's second last. So um, Essendon had the right idea about how you go about beating Geelong but they, just, they didn't have the strength or the personnel in the finish to carry it out. Brisbane does. But Geelong would still be confident
1: it can play the game on its terms. I mean, do you know where I felt Essendon lost it tonight, Ray? Where? Very lopsided return from players. So the top end, no problems. In fact, outstanding. Yeah. Too many players were passengers tonight, in a sense. Yeah. Well, who who are you talking about? You mentioned Hooker. Yeah. Waterman. Yeah. Didn't do a heck of a lot. Yeah. I want to ask you about Devin Smith. At his best... To, all right. At his worst tonight, he goes back with the fly of the ball, clearly just not committed enough and drops. It would have been an important mark and shot a goal. At his best tonight, runs down Dangerfield on the wing. Brilliant pursuit tackle and free kick. Uh, we just don't see enough of him during a game. Well, that's... Yeah, I mean, look, he's been a, a bit of a whipping boy for me and I
0: know a lot of other Bomber fans, but... Part of that is because that first season in 2018, he was outstanding. And that chase down on the wing, uh, who was it? Oh, it was Danger, wasn't it? You Um, you know, that's the thing he was doing routinely in 2018. His tackle numbers were through the roof. He won plenty of possession. He was absolutely outstanding. Injured his knee the next year. Now, it clearly took it, you know, I mean, he basically that season was a write-off. But, gee, getting up towards two years now of full fitness and time to get back to his best. He just he disappears from games for too long. Just on your broader point about the lack of contributors, I'm just calling up the um, the stats on the on the AFL app. Um, sorry, the other area I think Essendon really struggled tonight was the ruck. Uh, yeah, Draper,
1: Draper hasn't been good since he's come back. No,
0: no. If someone was saying last week we I think it was you more than me, but you know, we were a bit too critical of him, but uh, yeah, look, he he got uh, the hit out tally actually, the hit outs were almost even in the end, but he just he didn't do anything around the ground. And then there was that <laughs> there was that one where he should have marked in the defensive goal yeah. square and he instead tapped it straight to Tom Hawkins.
1: Yeah, uh, he did a couple of strange things once tonight, it was brilliant, he could have gone for the ball with his hands and he kicked it mid air <laughs> backwards like a soccer player, which he was, yeah.
0: Um, all right, just on those stats, so Kyle Hooker, five, uh, didn't take a mark. Harry Jones, five, took two marks. Tipper, well, he kicked two goals, but still only seven touches. Draper, seven. Ham, eight. Perkins, eight. Cox, eight.
1: Waterman, nine. That's And that's the problem. Too many players under 10 touches, isn't it? Really? Yeah, uh, well, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine.
0: You know so nearly half a team yep. with fewer than 10 disposals. Um, Geelong's had a few of them in that category as well, but you know, I mean, one of them Cameron was off for three quarters, and the others are basically defenders, uh, Collar Jasny Blitzavs. So, yeah, look, it, it's I mean, we're again, you know, at the risk of sounding a bit cliché, you know, these guys are kids, Perkins and Cox are what 19. Uh, Draper's yep. still only 22 and basically in his second season of senior footy and, and the Ruck is a, a position that takes players years longer than your routine sort of ground-level midfielder yep. to pick up the, the full nuances of playing that role. Not just about competing for hitouts, but about positioning around the ground. Um, and that's crucial to how many possessions a Ruckman gets, isn't it? That's about being able to read the play, and uh, get ahead or behind of the ball at the right moments. And I think Draper is still very much learning that caper. That's uh, a good oh, point. That's very good. Draper the caper. Uh, yeah, no, it didn't uh, totally accidental. Traff from Wood End again, contested ball stats for cats are high because it's a skinny oval and tighter footy. He's asking the question. Um, oh, look, it's a fair observation. Actually, I, I did, uh, it's always struck me how often the opposition at Kadenia Park kicks the ball out in the full. I don't think, I might have only done that once tonight. It didn't happen that much. So for a ground they hadn't played for 28 years, they didn't seem to find it too difficult. But it certainly is unique in that regard. And if you want to know how unique, um, I can remember this because I actually jotted it down the other week. The width of um, GMHBA Stadium, it's only 112 metres that is a full 28 metres narrower than the MCG, yep. which I think is the widest screen of the week.
1: So, 30 metres, that's a kick, isn't it? It's huge. It is a huge difference. Yeah. It's a cigar compared to a circle. Um, all
0: right, I don't want to start things going silly, but Matthew Price has asked seriously, what is the recommended footyology red wine and cheese combination? Now, did you watch the Fox footy coverage of Gold Coast Richmond finding? Yeah, but... Well, allow me I... to get this off my chest.
1: All right. Yeah, I did, but I really only watched the game. Well,
0: Eddie Maguire, like seriously, can you stop the incessant name dropping it? It is absolutely putrid, mate. We know you move in elite social circles and mix with captains of industry and politicians. In fact, your brother's one. But you don't have to keep alerting us to it every time one of them sends you a bloody text. And all we could talk about was how Tony Cochrane was texting him this and texting him that. Gold Coast score one of the, the most impressive wins in their pretty sorry history away from home. What's the first thing the Fox Footy broadcast does when they go back to the studio? They cross to Tony Cochrane's place for a live Skype interview where he starts crapping on about the, um, the type of red wine he's drinking. Seriously. I mean, what? you're going to back me up on this finey. Come on, don't go shy. I didn't see it. Well, I don't care. Just <laughs> bag someone.
1: Well, Tony, I mean, Cochran,
0: this... <laughs> Tony Cochran's a knob. Yeah, I agree. I reckon he's a knob too. Um, but you know what? It just smacked off. I, I just felt like I could see this scene being played out, which is Eddie's hosting, rolls up to the Fox Footy studios. Fox Footy has the obligatory team of 19-year-old, wet-behind-the-ears producers. Ed says, you know what we've got to do? If Gold Coast get up, we are got to get Tony Cochran. We've got to get Tony Cochran. Not one of them has the you know, the experience or the knackers to say, no, Ed, we don't. We want to go in the rooms to actually talk to the coach and some players. Oh, yeah, Ed. Okay, Ed. You know, like, it was just, it was a bad idea. And uh, I was suitably pissed off about it and tweeted as such. Tell us what you think at home there. Was it a bad idea or am I just being a crotchety old man? Again, (laughs) which several people accused me of tonight. But, yeah, by the way, that, I, I know I've said this. Don't try sarcasm on Twitter. I even put in the little guy with the rolling eyes emoji. And <laughs> what do you have to do? Do I have to actually put in brackets? This is sarcasm. Um, all right. Uh, Benny G has thrown in Ham, VFL develop. I think that's shorthand for Braden Ham should go back to the VFL and develop. Um, yeah, look, struggle tonight. But I... I to be honest, I've felt Benny his last two games, Melbourne last week and, as uh, a bit before, Hawthorne. I thought they were his two best games thus far. So I reckon he's shown a bit this year. Look, he's very slight. He gets knocked off the ball very easily. But, you know, you play him on a wing. Um, needs to find more of the footy, certainly. But uh, he's uh, like to see him play a bit more for me. I understand why a lot of people probably don't think that. Let's talk about, in the absent, we've uh, got a bit of a, a drought of questions, people, so get them in. But um, Well, I've got something for you. Okay, well, I was going to ask you about the cats, but tell me what, what you've got for me. No, you'll rip my head off. Let's talk about the cats. All right, okay, so we seem to have this discussion a lot. I was very big last week on people now suddenly, you know... <laughs> As we do seemingly on a weekly basis fighting, we just know someone's going to overreact, cane Corns or someone is going to come out and say, Geelong's gone on the back of that loss to Brisbane. I was very much of the view, you know, that is silly. Their record this year is good. We've sung their praises. They had a bad night. You know, in a 22-game season, you're going to have your share of ordinary performances. That was close to their worst. Um, but... The foundations of that side are very strong. I mean, last week they got beaten in the areas they usually excel, you know, around the footy. Um, Their forward line didn't get a sniff. You know, tonight we saw, even after the loss of one of those three key planks of the forward line, how potent they could still be uh, because they were able to control the football and control the tempo of the game. They are in this premiership race up to their necks and... You know, you sort of, I think people mark them harshly because they've been such a constant up there for the last decade without delivering the ultimate prize. But, you know, kudos to them for just knocking on the door year after year after year. And I would contend still, I'll say this finally, here's probably a good debating question. I think this is a vastly superior lineup they're going with this year than last year.
1: All right, I, I want to take you to task on that, or something else. No, on a bigger, bigger picture. Well, hang on. Just, I want, I want to hear your view on that. Well, all right. I, I believe that Geelong again. There's something. There's a miss in the machine. I do feel that wherever they finish on the ladder gets propped up a bit because of GMHBA, and I don't feel them. Trustworthy going into the finals. I, I I think last year actually they were probably well suited by playing up at the Gabba. I just not I'm just not sure about how they're going to go winning a premiership through games at the MCG. That's my feel on Geelong. Mm-hmm. Now, here's where I take you to task. Okay. You refuse to write Richmond off. Mm-hmm. You think Geelong are vastly better than last year when they were runners up. Yep. You're a big fan of the Western Bulldogs, have been all season. Yeah. How many teams do you reckon there are going to play <laughs> off in this year's grand final?
0: <laughs> well, it's... Uh, uh, have if you I, written off Port Adelaide and Brisbane? If I get my way, we're going to have a new format. <laughs> we yeah. Well... Um, yeah. No, look, it's a, it's a fair point. But, but that's... Look, honestly, that's... What I think, I think that... Uh, okay, well, start or, sharpening your pencil and narrow it down, mate. All right, okay. Here's, I'm pretty confident Port Adelaide won't win it. Yep. I'm still, and someone will point this out, I did write a column this week for Australian Community Media saying that Brisbane had toughened up and therefore were a serious flag chance, which I think they are. But if push comes to shove, I don't think Brisbane will win it. And that's based on nothing more than, uh, them. look, if they can finish top two, win two finals, play the grand final at the MCG, great. But I still think, and look, have they even played at the MCG this year? I'm not sure they have. Um, In fact, Damien, can you look up Brisbane's record at the MCG over the last few years? Because I suspect it's not great. That, to me, is still a considerable disadvantage for them. So, and this is where I have some sympathy for fans of non-Victorian clubs. You have to be that much better than perhaps you should be if you're a non-Victorian side to win a flag because playing a grand final at the MCG against a local opponent, it puts you at a disadvantage before you start. Now, are, 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 are Port and Brisbane good enough to overcome that advantage? I'm not sure they are. Okay, Melbourne. Um, have to be a chance. They're on top of the ladder. <laughs> it's too many chances, brother. I know. Well, we we still got six rounds left. You know, when we we asked me, and and look, isn't that a great thing for the season, isn't it? Rather than you know, won't you be positive for once in your life and not look at it as me wimping out on picking a premier? Have a look at what a great, uh, a, a fantastic. Even at the top competition we have, that so many teams can win the premiership fine
1: I, I agree, it is great. So let go of Richmond. <laughs> at least let go of Richmond. No. Nah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You know why I won't. <laughs> I'll, nah. I'll concede. I'll concede your magnem, magnanimous nature. If you let go of Richmond,
0: you know what? It's I like a balloon. Let it go. <laughs> the only reason I won't let it go is because if they win it from here. And I, I don't climb off. You know, it's going to be one of the great tipping performances of all time. I'm going to be tattooing on my
1: forehead. I never jumped off. <laughs> this is, I've got to say, after losing to Gold Coast in Melbourne, it's... <laughs> yeah, look, okay, it's, tough, it's
0: tough from there. Ask me, ask me after round 23 when they're night. Yeah, look, it's gonna to be tough. But I still <laughs> not think impossible. if someone is seen to have played an unregistered player and loses <laughs> their spot in the finals. I mean, happy to Essendon. <laughs> not very much unregistered, unregistered supplements. Um, all right, okay, Johnson von again is gone. He goes, I don't think Geelong's intensity equals Melbourne or the Bulldogs. The grand final isn't played at Cardinal Park. Depends how you define intensity, though, doesn't it? How do you define
1: intensity, fine I I define it in finals. I, I know exactly what JVT is talking about because it's that desperation, you know, at the fall of the ball, diving on it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The Geelong that's not, that's not part of their makeup, but that's okay because that's they've got other strings to their bow. I. We haven't seen Geelong and Melbourne in the finals. I'm not quite sure how that plays out. That might be pivotal to the final result. And we haven't seen Geelong Geelong and Melbourne play each other in a final. Ah, oh, well, you know, it, and,
0: yeah, they did um, three years ago. All right, but not. I'm saying
1: I'm I'm not sure now, what how that game would play out. Now, um, well, Melbourne Melbourne handled them very comfortably, very well. Yep. They did. Do you think they would in a final with all the with all the pressures of, you know, we're talking about Melbourne in finals being two or three games away from breaking this drought. That that becomes intense. Yeah, Geelong I, I, on the other, other hand have that great finals experience.
0: I think that's an issue. And that's why one of the reasons when I wrote a post last week saying I, you know, I still thought Geelong and Richmond were the, the safest sort of Yep. Um, contenders, and, and that still is a, a big factor. But perhaps, you know, perhaps Melbourne gets to play a final series without having to confront that. And look, experience doesn't always triumph over other factors. I mean, the baby bombers of 93, uh, Western Bulldogs 2016, you know. Mm. But as a rule, it does it does count for something, I reckon. Yeah. Now, now, is Trelaw's season in doubt? uh have you heard that have you yeah uh i must say I, I i haven't heard that is that the case just well got any bulldogs fans out there tell us what you think i just want to zip through a few quick comments Finally, yeah uh, peter brudenall says the journalist in roco knows that he sells more papers by supporting as many teams as possible <laughs> oh who was it who said that? And he, uh, Peter Brutnell. Only one problem with that theory, Peter. I don't work for a newspaper anymore.
1: If I had an I love Peter Brutnell t-shirt, I'd put it on right now.
0: Uh, Trout, uh, in a shock twist, Trout says tigers are still in the
1: hunt. <laughs> well, there you go. Rowan and Trout, still faithful to my bitter end.
0: Um, James Tyrrell agrees with me. Port or Brisbane won't win it. MCG factor is compelling. Hey, Damon, did you manage to get the... Couldn't get it. AFL Tables, mate. Yes, there is. No, no, you, I'll, I'll tell you how to do it while everyone... you got AFL Tables, right? Homepage, you call up the club, Brisbane Lions. You go you to... Buy, this ain't bad TV? Buy, buy venue. And then you click on MCG. And it will tell you, as I suspected, wowee, three, six, nine, ten... 14, 18, 21. Brisbane has lost 19 of its last 21 games at the MCG, including its last nine in a row. Their last win there was in 2014 against... Against Melbourne. No, Collingwood. Oh. And they beat Melbourne there in 2012. Round one? Was that uh, yeah, it was, and there uh, that was uh, Mark Neild, after Jim Steins, huh? yeah, that was Mark Neil's first game as coach of uh, Melbourne, and um, their previous win was in 2009, so they have a shocking record at the MCG. Let's, while we're there, uh, let's have a look at Port Don't worry, Damon, I'll teach you how to do it. Um, Port at the MCG, well, actually, they've won. In fact, they've played there twice this year and won both uh, against Collingwood and Carlton. Uh, But Richmond there uh, early 2019. Did they? No, Melbourne, sorry. Beat Melbourne there. Oh, yeah, round one. Yeah, I can't remember that. So uh, Port have won three of their last four at the G. And in fact, they have won seven of their last ten at the MCG. So there you go. I mean, I, you know, look, you can overdo ground venues as a factor, but I still think that's a, a valid one. Um, oh, here's an interesting observation from uh, my mates, Finding at the Lunchtime Catch-Up. Uh, excellent podcast out there for Bomber fans, obviously. Uh, but uh, the boys there are saying, went to Essen and training and watched 60 minutes of forward entry drills, none addressed blocking or spreading. It's interesting. Ooh. Uh, Freddie Ferret says Geelong's finals experience will be valuable if playing Melbourne yeah I think so uh, James Turrell says Jenkins is out to pass isn't he a forgotten man, Josh Jenkins Yeah. apart from talking about uh, American sport on SEN, does he still do that
1: yeah, and harness racing
0: uh, Robin uh, has chipped in to say, good to see Rocco okay back on the Coke No Sugar after flirting with Pepsi Max a fortnight ago. Uh, I, I I got, uh, here we go. finding these his designer drinks. All right, tell us what it is, fine Yeah, you don't have to shove the camera out. Don't
1: touch the camera. Designer what? drinks. What is it? I told you about it a couple of weeks ago. Turkish or something. Yeah, Uluda. But what,
0: is it soft drink or beer?
1: Yeah, Uluda, lemonade.
0: Oh, okay. There you go. Efsani uh, gazozu. Just hold it up again to the camera without I want to read it. Efsani Uladag Gazazu.
1: Yeah. Gazozu. okay. Gazozu means bubbly. It's I bet it's raspberry flavoured. No, no, it's, it's it's lemonade. It's clear lemonade. A fruity, you, it's a fruity
0: lemonade. You are partial to raspberry cordial, aren't you? Which could yeah, explain a lot really. Um later on those yeah, Turkish soft drink, Leroy's, uh, Leroy's um, what's that Triple M phrase again? Uh, he's all over it, that's it. He's, he's all, all over, over it. it? Yeah. By the way, um, can I just, um, we, we have to get this podcast up, Fanny, the satirical FM radio podcast called Donger and Big Balls. I've been suggesting this all weeks, so it was the perfect show to be picked up by Triple M and that all our uh, viewers and listeners should get around it and uh, tear it to shreds. Um, we're gonna have, you know, Triple Thunders handing out noise works albums, um, free acid wash jeans, you name it. Tickets to uh, the Tunnel Nightclub. Uh, it's all there.
1: Guns and Roses reforming <laughs> back at the MCG.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, Oh, thanks, uh, 1138. says says, ladies with the scones and cream, miss me tonight. There's a few left over if you are. They are terrific. Um, the caterers down at Caninia Park. I'll tell you what, I I, I never actually got to do it myself, but uh, a couple of years ago working with AW, we used to get a consignment of rolls. Actually, it was SEN. Was that one guy? Uh, consignment of rolls from Ripper Roast over the road. They gave us the hot roast beef roll and the, the chicken roll—it's good stuff, Farnie. It's a real traditional, you know, Geelong food
1: stuff. Your sushi—one of the many lurks and perks we now look at in the rear vision mirror. Uh, we've got people, <laughs> got people
0: throwing in suggestions to the Donner and Big Balls Breakfast Show. Uh, tickets to see 1927 uncanny X Men albums. What do you think of that suggestion, fine?
1: Yeah, why not? Um, we could do a big tradies breakfast, like a, a a massive meat pie, and for the first few tradies that ring in, you ought to be a tradie though, mate.
0: Yeah, I well, know. Did SEn? Oh, no, obviously SEn didn't strip the Triple M audience of too many tradies because their audience numbers are pretty ordinary. But uh, there you go. Get around it, says uh, Johnson. Uh, or are we running out of questions folks oh, well, Adam White Adam White is that the Adam White says might be an Auckland grand final at this rate uh, re-coronavirus or I assume you mean Is that a, uh, sorry Adam I mean every Adam White is a genuine Adam White but <laughs> Fanny and <finding, finding laughs> I, I both White know and an Adam White so um, uh, if that's you Whitey let us know Uh, Johnson Von Trapp, reminiscing on your days in shit-level cricket. Well, plenty of that. Fonny and I are both known to reminisce about crappy cricket contests we were part of. Yep. Uh, Is it time we looked... I think it's probably time we did the tips now, is it? Uh, Oh, Trout wants to know how many weeks Cameron will miss. Didn't hear an update on that. Um, Can I just say, sorry, I mentioned the sarcastic tweet. The reason I did it was... They just went on and on and on about it. They couldn't stop showing vision of him sitting on the bench. They couldn't stop talking about it, the debate about whether he should have played it or whatever. I understand, you know, like he's a pretty important part of that side and it's a valid news story. But once he's off the ground injured and you've had that discussion, can't you then sort of refocus on the actual game? I mean, his hamstring isn't going to get any worse once he's strained it sitting on the bench. You know, it'll still be there for you to talk about after the game. Can we focus on the matter at hand? It comes back to this sort of um, obsession uh, people have with, or media has, with talking points out of the game. You know, like isn't the game a talking point enough in itself? By the way, Adam uh, is a former Geelong VFL reporter, but not the real journalist. Come on, Adam, don't see yourself short. If you've covered anyone's a journalist these days, Bloody hell, look at the standard of some of them that actually write for the mainstream media, calling themselves journalists. Austin Phillips asks, who do you think is the best player in the competition this year? I'll go first. Uh, Pelly for me. Bastard. Is that what you were going to say? All right, who's your number two? Okay,
1: number two would be... Ooh, that's a good question. Um, Max Gorn. Interesting, interesting. Um,
0: actually, if someone wants to look up the Coaches Association votes and give us the top five in that award. That's always a pretty good reflection. Austin Phillips likes Toby Green. Yeah. Uh, Will Panda Wild, sorry, Will Panda Wild Panda says we've been finalists for thirty-five years, and now Hutchie owns it. We are effed. You talking about the Perth Wildcats? Did you know to see that fighting? The um, sports entertainment group, or whatever Croc Media is now called, have just bought the Perth Wildcats. In total, yep. Because they've got a share of Melbourne United, don't they? Yep, I think they have bought it in total. Do you reckon Hutchy just looks around and, and thinks, "What can I buy?" You know, look, it's, it doesn't seem to be much rhyme or reason to it.
1: No, it doesn't. I don't know how. I don't know how corporate. I don't know how business works. I thought when you buy something, you need to run it successfully. But anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> apparently not. Well, it depends how you define success. It's um, really strange. I don't
0: get it. Well, radio in radio now, it seems to be all about not, not giving a, a toss about the ratings, stripping your costs back to the bare minimum, employing kids and uh, loading up on one, you know, either your breakfast show or the morning show and not giving a toss about the rest of your content which basically is a, um, a philosophy you can apply to probably newspapers and, and TV as well. Can I just tell you, sorry, we're, we're digressing here, Fanny. I've got a big recommendation. You know how I watch The Sopranos? Yep. Can I just tell you, anyone on here who, and I know I was late to this, everyone was watching it, but I finally got around to it, seven episodes, I zipped through it in a night and a morning. The Mayor of East oh, sorry, Mayor of Town. With Kate Winslet, absolutely superb American drama about a um, Kate Winslet who plays Mayor or Mary Ann is her name, and she's a uh, detective. And it's a small town in Pennsylvania, and there's uh, a number of issues cropping up. But um, have you seen it, finding Nope. You are going to see it now? I nope. recommend it. Why not? Yeah, well, I'll get I'll
1: get around to it. I'm no, watching. No, it, is, it is fantastic. I'm watching some Australian drama at the moment.
0: Oh, is that um, In Between or whatever? Mr. Is. In Between.
1: Is it good? It's interesting. It's not, it's not superb, but I'll tell you what's interesting about it. The guy who stars in it actually wrote it as a vehicle for himself. And um, he knows the world he's writing about. There's just the way it's written and a few lines and whatever. Either he's got help or whatever, but there's, um, there's some people there who've been the wrong side of the law involved in writing that. I can, I can back that up.
0: Um, or well, Trout's with you. Trout reckons he's just told me I need to watch Mister In Between. A few, That's I did put right. it, well, I put it out there on uh, Twitter the other night because I, I said I was looking for something new to watch, and more people said Mayor of East Ham and anything else. So I decided to watch that. Wasn't disappointed. The other big recommendation everyone's putting me onto is the Americans. Uh, my daughter's trying to get me to watch that too. I think it's about a family of Russian spies who live in the US. Yeah. Tells now I'll, I'll
1: run a couple of shows past you, I and mean, if you've watched or liked either of these, I've got a little smoky for you. I don't watch many. Finally, I'm about a yeah.
0: two two show a year person. Yeah, I mean, did did you ever those?
1: see any any of the League of Gentlemen? No. Okay, very, that, actually. Very dark humor. Did you did you, you used to enjoy watching roll dull shows, you know, the Tales of the Unexpected, those oh, sort of things? Yeah, the old one. Yeah. All right. So there's a, a series out now. It's been out for a while, but I've only gone on to it now called Inside Number Nine. Have you heard of Inside Number Nine? No, Laborite. Well the good, the good thing is that each one is self-contained so you don't need to watch the series or anything everyone is a half hour little story and the connective the connection is spurious they all occur inside residences with the street address number 9 so they're all very different but they're very quirky and quite bizarre and dark and funny okay all right, I'll take that
0: on board. Uh, just back to our Coaches Association votes. So the five leaders of that at the moment are uh, Marcus Bontempelli, Clayton Oliver, Ollie Wines, Sam Walsh, or Samuel Walsh, uh, Tuke Miller, and Hugh
1: McLuggage. Actually, Tuke Miller, what he's been unbelievable, hasn't he? Yeah, hey, good, isn't he? Yeah. And he's out of contract, but apparently very committed to the Gold Coast. Well, that's good.
0: I'll tell you what, that'd just about be the end of them if they lost someone like him. Yep. You know, and, and, I don't know, Swallow or someone else like that. Uh, yep. Quickly, TV shows, I knew this... I'm still getting replies to my tweet of three days ago. So, uh, Tim Hooper, better call Saul next. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't watched it yet, but it's on the list. Um, Thanks, 1138 said, I can't get into Breaking Bad. Should I persist? Yes. Yes, you must persist. Um I don't know how many episodes you've watched, thanks, 1138, but it is fantastic. Persist. You'll be rewarded. Uh, Robert Rice wants me to tell you, Finey, I don't know why, uh, that there's going to be a Sopranos prequel film called The Many Saints of Newark coming out in September. Wow. I saw the trailer for it the other day. looks great. It's written by Look. David Chase. And the young Tony Soprano is played by guess who? Ta-da. James Gandolfini's son. Really? Yeah.
1: Wow, that's exciting.
0: Well, it's just like uh, uh, John Bonham's son taking over on the kit for Led Zeppelin.
1: Mm, sort of. What do you mean, sort of? It's exactly the same thing. Oh, a TV's a little bit more visual, or a movie's a little bit more visually. Well, it's the same principle. Okay. Uh,
0: Breaking Bears is awesome, says Adam. Uh, Leroy Jones says Barge Come on, Leroy, Roy? You know I've seen that a lot. <laughs> all right, let's do the tips. Uh, yeah, right. Geez, <laughs> we must be going bad. We're not even fighting. Says, let's do the tips. But our audience is still eighty something. We usually get down to about sixty before we do the tips. All right, now let's do them. Uh, all right. So, uh, rest of this round. Don't worry if you keep sending them in. I'll um, I'll uh, read out the odd one. Okay. So I've had two games. Leaves uh, seven.
1: What's your device, Farnie? Okay, uh, you're familiar with the game Scrabble? I am. Okay, your answer must be a player whose surname has a Scrabble score of 15 or more. I don't know what the letters are. I'll Vowels run through are one. Them. Okay, quick. A1, B3, C3, D2, E1, F4, G2. Hey, no, that's not going to work. I know I all this off my heart. Yeah, but I don't. Oh, well, you've got a rough
0: idea and I'll, I'll tell you as you go. All right. So the name's got to add up to 15. Or more, yep. Or more. Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. So given that you, you've uh, um, you've obviously got a head start on this one, you might as well go first. So, all right. Uh, Melbourne taking on GWS. At the MCG, one forty-five PM tomorrow afternoon. You're a prick doing this, like seriously. Why? Okay. Who's who's okay? So who's your tip? Um, Shane Zantuck. But hang on, I know he played for Melbourne,
1: so I know yeah. you're tipping Melbourne. Yeah. Oh, so Zantuck is okay. All right. Zantuck is ten one 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 three five. So twenty one. All right, so just tell me the big ticket items. Uh, Q and Z are 10, right? Yeah, J and X are 8. Why is J 8? Mate, just cop it. All right, okay. Yeah. K is 5. Yeah. H, V, um, W, Y yeah. are all 4. Yeah, all right, that'll do. And the okay. vowels are all <laughs> I 1, think- aren't they? Yeah, P M C B threes. Nobody others Mary.
0: Yep. What's in for
1: Nelly? One. Oh, it's only
0: one. Okay. So it's not just vowels that are one. Yep. All right. Um, all right, I'm going with uh, that's a good one. A lot of people suggesting this. So good enough for me. I'm going for Anamuzo.
1: Yeah, that's good.
0: That's Dead
1: on 15.
0: It is. Uh, so we're both picking Melbourne is yep. the translation of that absolute gibberish. The next game, 4.35pm, Adelaide Oval sees the Crows taking on Brisbane. Finey, t- <laughs> can I go first? Yep. Uh, Zorko, Dane, uh, Dane Zorco. Okay, that's well played. I, I Finey, we've lost you. I'm back. Did you just hit your phone? No, I didn't hit my phone. It was at 20% business. Okay. Good to know. All right. What's your tip?
1: Okay. I'm going for... I reckon Ackermanis might get me there. Now, K is five, M is three, that's eight. Yeah. A... Is there seven other letters in it? A-E-R-A-I-S. N-I-S. A-I-S. Well, I might just fall short, actually. Um, all right, I've got to go for somebody else. Um, <laughs>
0: uh, I, know, I know you're not going for Adelaide, so very good suggestion from several people. Jason, poor pleasure.
1: <laughs> oh, he would have been fantastic. Wow, that would have been good. Um, all right, let me think here. Um, oh, yes, Johnson von Trapp come up with a good
0: one and Robin Masters. Um, one of our favourite players finding. Certainly one of yours. You go on about him all the time.
1: I go on about him?
0: Yeah, played for three different clubs. Western Australian. Um,
1: West Australian. Oh, all right. I've got somebody, but I bet you this isn't who they're thinking of. Okay, who is it? I'm going for Alex witherden
0: All right. No, the suggestion was Mark Zanotti.
1: Okay, but Witherden will get me there because it's got a W and an A. Yeah, no problems. Alex Witherden. All right,
0: so we're both going for Brisbane. Yep. Uh, next game is 7.40pm at the MCG. Boy, that changes the equation a bit. Fremantle, the home side at the MCG, taking on Carlton. Uh, all right, I am going for... Ooh. All right, you go first, actually. Thanks. Um, Hang on, no, no, I got it, got it. I'm going for Alex Jezalenko. Oh,
1: you're going for Carlton. Yep. You know, you could have just gone for the first syllable of his name. I could have gone for Michael Jez. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm going for It's just one vowel off a very rude name too. (laughs) Yeah, I know what you're saying. I am going for, um, oh, who's that guy who kicked a, 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 a goal off? No, that's his first name, Gavin Q, Quentin Leach. Um, okay. Um, oh, good suggestion from Dion Stenner, but I'm not going to tell you. Uh, um, all right, oh, I good. reckon... Oh, this is no problems. I'm easily going to get the numbers. I'm going for Clive Waterhouse.
0: Okay. All right, Well, You could have had uh, Tendai Mazungu. Yes, like yeah, that's good. Uh, you could have. Um, you could have gone for Matthew Pavlich. Yes, I could. Have. Uh, I'm very. Robin Masters has tweeted three embarrassed looking. Emojis and Roko exclamation mark. It, it's my fly undone or something, Robin. What, what's going? On? Oh, sorry. Yeah, right. Sorry. Oh, it I was... thought she
1: was referring. I know no, the... she
0: was. She was. I'm sorry, Robin.
1: I thought she was referring to the pillow on the couch behind you. Suggesting <laughs> that... Somebody's <laughs> been sleeping on that couch.
0: You know what? It's not my pillow. It's Abby's pillow, and she left it here. Uh, <laughs> oh, a... dobber. Yeah, yeah, it's a shocker, isn't it? goes really well with the red doona on the, on the couch. Yeah, sorry, Robin. And you know what, Robin? I, I saw your name too, and I didn't immediately assume you're a woman. I mean, you could have been a, uh, if you're a male, Robin, uh, with a Y, likely to be from Adelaide, as a matter of fact. Uh, and uh, thanks everyone else weighing in now. Yes, that is what I meant. It was very rude of me, and uh, I apologise. All good. No, Robin's not offended. Okay, sorry about that. Um, all right, uh, so so different selections there. I'm going for Carlton finally going for Fremantle with the home ground advantage of the MCG. Doherty Next game out for the year. Say it again. Sam Doherty's out for the year. Well, that might help, Carlton. I knew you'd say that. <laughs> well, he's not playing that well. Hawthorne taking off. I nearly swore then. This app. Hawthorne taking on Port Adelaide, Marvel Stadium, 7.40 p.m. Saturday evening, going him. Uh, <laughs> I just got, you know, your email notifications come down the top of your phone. For some reason, I must have looked up something on, what's that uh, thing, Cura or something, Q-U-O-R-A? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Wikipedia. Yeah, well, I keep getting bombarded every night. And the one tonight was, I just saw the headline. It says, was Queen Victoria a nymphomaniac? <laughs> I reckon she was Okay well, Bisexual
1: too
0: um, Alright uh, Oh there's an obvious one here if you're tipping Hawthorne Cohen Fanny
1: I'm going for Ian Downsborough
0: <laughs> Also of West Coast uh, Some good Hawthorne suggestions Robert Dippy Domenico um, uh, Bowden Jaworski Jaworski says thanks 11.38 very good and James Tyrrell waiting with that one
1: how about Rochford Devonish, Mears?
0: <laughs> uh, okay, no, I've got one uh, for Hawthorne. Rod, Lester, Smith. But who are you tipping? Uh, not them. Um, uh, geez, I'm struggling now. Yeah? Uh, oh, yeah, I've got it. Oh, yeah, no, I have. I think it gets me there. Sam Powell, Pepper? Easily. Yeah, okay, P and a W. All right, so we're both going for oh, Cockatoo Collins, says Wild Panda. Oh, Dion Stenard in with the – Dion's been good tonight. Uh, Paul – what was it, Colluriatus or – Colluriatus. Colluriatus, yeah. also a Geelong. I,
1: I, I don't I don't know if that'll make it. Colluriatus, you know, the K's worth five, but the rest are all one each. Uh, okay. Six, You'd need seven, 10 eight, other letters. Nine,
0: 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Yeah, he gets it. Yep. Got ten okay. other letters. O U L O U R I O T I S.
1: Oh, bloody hell.
0: Robert Forster Knight, very good one. Is that yes. you, Damon, or is it you just repeating someone? Oh, you you're our producers playing the game too. Uh, and we're our audience, we're still at 70 people watching this drivel. Um, Ray Jenke. Yes. Yep, yeah, very good. Uh, Jay and the K. That's from the all right, yep. next game. Anyway, we're both tipping Port Adelaide. Oh, we get Michael Zemsky. Oh, ah, yes, very good for Hawthorne. Yep. We get halfway through this and I forget what we're actually doing. Like, why are we doing this? <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> and, no, I, no, I, no. and then I remember it's just an excuse for you to indulge your fascination with numbers and letters and. Hang trivial. on, hang on. Why we're we doing it or
1: what we're doing?
0: Big difference. Yeah, or both, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, next game is uh, Sydney taking on West Coast at the perhaps unlikely venue of GMHBA Stadium.
1: I'll go first. Uh, go on. Francis Jackson.
0: Yeah, Good. I'm going with uh, David Rhys-Jones. Excellent. Someone suggesting we should ban hyphenated names. Yeah, I think they're a bit... Bit of gilding of the lily there, but anyhow. Wild Panda says, this is great drivel after 10 beers, trust me. Uh, Thanks, 1138 says, you need more technical issues like last week. Gives you a world of sport feel. <laughs> <laughs> like when Gus Mercurio is supposed to be. Oh, Fred Villiers is supposed to be hosting the soccer and he's not sitting at the desk. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the days. Uh, all right, next game, three twenty. you know my AM.
1: favourite part of world of sport? Which part? You know when John Dobby did the bowls.
0: Yeah. Oh, they- hang on. Can I do it? Sorry. Yep. You mentioned John Dobby in the bowl segment on World of Sport. Straight away, this pops into my head. Do 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 do. Do 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 do. And that for everyone younger than 50 is the music they played over the footage of the bowls they were
1: talking about. So they had the two competitions the draw to the Jack competition, and then the far more violent drive competition. Yeah, yeah, they were good. I used to love the drive competition. Sent back Jack flying, and it was always the same guy winning, some guy called Middleton. Oh, was it? You remember the name? Wasn't Rob yeah. Perella? No, they um, were two. No,
0: they, He was a taxi driver from Brisbane, mate. No, no, I remember that because it was... People used to write that in the intro to every story about the Commonwealth Games in which he was involved. Yeah. A few more suggestions to Sydney: Simon Mitten, Connell Lewis, Roberts Thompson,
1: hyphen hyphen.
0: Uh, Leroy Jones telling us if this is true, this is just outstanding. Freddie Villiers was a huge Black Sabbath fan. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great? Uh, Johnson von Trapp, Sanford Wheeler. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Freddie Billy is. <laughs> I didn't expect that.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he got, they became too tame for him. So he got into <laughs> Sepultura instead. A bit, bit of Brazilian death metal. Uh, what are we doing again? <laughs> People sharing their world of sport nostalgia. Jack Elliott getting red in the face. Okay, I'm going to tell my Jack Elliott story really quickly. So when I started in journalism, I worked on The Sun. We shared the office with The Herald. That's where Jack Elliott worked. Uh, I was on Sport on The Sun. The racing department for both The Herald and Sun was behind us. And to visit the where the editors were or whatever, they had to walk past our desks. So I used to sit there um, in the desk behind Michael Davis, Michael Davis, and... Um, you'd have the trolley stacked with the afternoon editions of the Herald because it was an afternoon newspaper. And Jack Elliott, who by this stage weighed about, you know, 30 stone, waddled up the corridor. It's a bit like barge ass. And one day he sort of waddled up the corridor and he accidentally knocked the trolley and all the Heralds came flying off the trolley and just spilled all over the floor. And Jack, you know, because he was the doyen of racing, riding and whatever, and he was Jack Elliott, just keeps walking looks around, sees them all, and just looks at me. And Mick and goes, pick that up, are yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> So do you remember his segment on World of Sport? Um, Jack Elliott? Yeah. Uh, no, what was it? Oh,
1: no, I can't. Turf comment with Jack oh, Elliott.
0: Turf comment, yeah.
1: So it was just an editorial, and this is, would be the standard turf comment with Jack Elliott. On Saturday, the VATC the very amateur turf club, (laughs) proved once and for for all that they were as suitable of holding a race meeting as I am of holding the regatta of Henley in my bathtub. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That sounds amazingly articulate for Jack Elliott.
1: He loved calling the VATC the very amateur turf club.
0: Uh, By the way, Johnson Von Trapp says, uh, T-shirt idea. Johnson Von Trapp's full of T-shirt ideas, but he reckons they... Someone needs to make up a T-shirt. Fred Villiers was a big Black Sabbath fan. (laughs) Uh, Leroy can vouch for it. Leroy's dad knew Freddie Villiers and his love of Black Sabbath. What was your old man into, Leroy? Tell us. Uh, Robin Masters saying, was it Uncle Doug Elliott? No, Jack Elliott, Robin. Uncle Doug Elliott was the voiceover man on, on World of Sport. And uh, famous for, I don't know why I always remember this one, but he'd always uh, first week of the new footy season, it was like, footy. It's great to have you back.
1: Woof, woof, <laughs> woof, woof. All right, let's get on with it. And um, we had the win, has had the tears. <laughs> yeah. Now, over to Rowan <laughs> and Finey for three cheers. <laughs> Football,
0: thanks, Uncle Doug. Uh, and uh, sorry Just making way there for Lou Coming in with the Patra orange juice The Ballantine chocolates The Batoki ham uh, What else are they? Oh Patra orange juice Patra,
1: P-E-T-R-A
0: <laughs> Patra Uh with St Kilda MCG, 3.20pm Sunday afternoon Have we done this? No we haven't done this Oh, no, we have not Alright, uh, okay I'm tipping um, Brian Sirikowski mm, Very good I'm tipping Val Perovic. Very good. Uh, so we're both going for St Kilda. In other words, yeah. Uh, mayor of Essendon, Doug Elliott. He was also a Labor MLA in the state parliament. Was Doug Elliott the mayor of East Town? Did you say? No, Essendon. Oh. And mayor of East Town, by the way, M A R E. Yeah. Uh, uh, Andrew Tranquilly, if you if you're tipping um, Collingwood, Collingwood, very. Oh, he's suggestion. a big scorer. Tosca, luggage, sorry, another staple of the World of, World of Sport <laughs> prize pack. By the way, everyone, I haven't, I've neglected to mention this, but if you want to subject yourself to two doses of this, God knows why, but we are putting footyology Final Siren up as an audio podcast. So after you've staggered off to bed tonight and gone, why did I sit there and listen to this? Uh, tell all your friends about it. and they can, uh, Well, we'll put it up on YouTube as well, the video, but you can listen to this as an audio podcast. We've decided to go with this as well. So there are now three footyology podcasts per week, the Wednesday edition, the uh, Sunday night review edition, and now the Friday night footyology final siren <laughs> version in which uh, you can hear Fanny Yawn like that. Um, Patrick Hit Carlesis... Me. Says Damon. Very good, Damon. Uh, you win a bottle of Petra orange juice. Uh, all right, come on. Um, last, go. Uh, last go. thank God. Western Bulldogs take you on North Melbourne, 4.40pm. Uh, Palaco shirts. No, this is just, uh, Western Bulldogs take you on North Melbourne, 4.40pm. Could be ugly. Bulldogs beat North by 128 points first time around this season. Uh, yep. Won't be as much this time, surely.
1: Uh, all right. What do you got for us? Was there a player who played for Footscray whose surname was Kazuppi? Uh, not as far as I know. I do know Damon? Kazuppi. Damon, could you look up C U double Z U double P
0: E? I've got one anyway. And yeah. uh, someone I actually know because his um, partner. Uh, I worked with at the age for many years. That partner was Claire Hinks, and her partner was Zeno Tzatzaris. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Kazupi, Kazupi. Did he play for Footscray? Thank one you. game for Footscray, 1992. John Kazuppi. Okay, so we predictably we're both tipping the Western Bulldogs. Uh, Paul Razonico, uh James Tyrrell for Collingwood. Ray Huppets, nice one. Yeah. Calvin Templeton. Is that enough? No, that's no, that won't be enough, I don't are you think.
1: Sure. How many's P? Three. Four. Three. 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 What's your M worth? Three. And all the rest of ones. Uh, no. Sorry, Tim. How about Charlie Pagnocolo? Uh <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, the Templeton's fan club. Yeah, sorry, that wasn't uh, that wasn't great audio, was it? I was just simulating Charlie Pagnocolo's rapturous applause to Kelvin Templeton when he took his final mark in his 15-goal performance against St Kilda. Notable, that mark, for having Not touched, touched his hands for about a tenth of a second. Oh, uh, no, a good one from Philip Van Damme too, Robert Gronowegen, or Captain Gronowegen, as he was known yep. after commandeering the cockpit of the US-bound plane on the Bulldogs' end-of-season trip in 1985. Not all uh, he was famous for. Oh, flopping it out in the team photo. Yeah, speaking of cockpits. Uh, yes, Con Uh For both Bulldogs and St Kilda. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Stephen Colonyuk. John Schultz. In yes. fact, the Western Bulldogs are Scrabble. <laughs> uh, Do I say Ray Huppets? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Johnson montrep has gone with Algae Vosilitis Yeah That sounds like a disease Not a player Yeah, Algae Vosilitis <laughs> How do you treat that? <laughs> um, Alright, I reckon we wrap it up at this point Thanks for your company, everyone Good fun Actually, I've got to give it to you This was um, it Didn't really You know, it was sort of the
1: long route home In terms of giving our tips But it was good fun I'll give you that And if you wanted to tip North Melbourne You would have, of course, gone for Poddlezack, well, bush
0: not Zack Oh, Richard Zack. P- P- no, you'd go for Shimmelbush, wouldn't you? Just for the fun of adding up all those letters. Yep, would uh, have been fun. you've
1: gone, uh, gone for there You've gone for the. You've gone for Darren Parks on. You know what you would have gone for? What? You'd go for the yellow pages to look up psychiatrist if you tip North Melbourne. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, uh, Bruce Duperuzel, Saints Saint and yep. Bulldogs. Uh, yes. Robin's a fan too. Outstanding work, lads. You're welcome, Robin. Sorry about the jizz crack before. Um, all right, yeah. Let's wrap it up there. Thanks, for your company. Okay, so remember, tell all your friends and family. This is now an audio podcast, so get on it. Should be up yep. online fairly soon. Uh, well, you'll hear from us again Sunday evening when we wrap up around sixteen. Yep, and uh, if you want to support us at Patreon, thanks for putting it up, Damon. A bit late in the piece, but I forgot. Uh, you can become an official Footyology patron at Patreon for seven dollars Australian a month. End of the month, we get a bit of a churn factor, so any new subscribers, very, very welcome. Obviously, to help Fody and I feed our starving children as,
1: long as, and, and as also, the and also make sure, make sure you're watching next Friday to answer the big question which is will Abby's pillow still be on the <laughs> of, course couch? It, of course it will
0: uh, of course it will uh or I'm going to be moving house at some stage but I'm pretty confident now it's going to be at the end of this footy season so uh come next season you may see me doing this from the uh the side of a road or a trailer park or something like <laughs> <that>. <laughs> all right um well, thanks for your company everyone have a good weekend. <laughs> We'll catch you later. Go, Freddie
1: Villiers. <laughs>